Is it a gun that sucks balls? I'm the farting demon in this relationship. <laughs> I'd be an awesome rich person. You're both just an embarrassment. God, I'm awesome today. We're talking Tom Hanks and his vehicle. Yeah, I had my finger in my mouth waiting for you to finish. You gotta get four balls or something? Like dick piercing? <laughs> no, you know damn well I'm fucking that demon. It's still sexy. How could that be close and not be right? Yeah, I'll just kill some random dude. His wish is a blowjob. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another Plotty Time mini So This week... I am doing another one of my uh, patented rants about stuff that are generally related to video games. Previously, I'd done uh, a, a talk about streamers and licensing, and, and that was a pretty good minisode. You can go check it out. You can go listen to it right now. And uh, this week, I'm going to be talking about video game piracy. To preface this, I do not pirate video games. I have never pirated video games, because that would be illegal. Uh, there may be some references in here where I discuss a person that has, in the past, pirated games, but that's totally, um, let's just say, a made-up character that doesn't exist. And it's just a way to talk about the history of game piracy, which I'm going to briefly touch on. I didn't really do any research. This is just from uh, what a friend a made-up person told me. So let's get into it. First off, uh, I do remember, and we're talking back in the NES days. Well, this wasn't the NES days. This was probably the PlayStation 1 slash 2 days. But I definitely remember one of the cool high school kids had, uh, I forget exactly what it was called, but it was like a, a, a three-and-a-half-inch floppy drive that you could connect and you could use it to copy uh, Nintendo games, like NES games, which I thought was the coolest thing ever even at that point i think there were roms already but that was a way to do it i that was just i have a fond memory of that it must have been for like 97 ish 96 i was young but anyway so then uh after uh even before the nes version there'd be games that came on three and a half inch floppy disks they had a little plastic tab in the top right corner. If you don't know what a three and a half inch floppy is, that's okay. You're probably just way younger. Uh, the save icon in most things is the remnant of that and the legacy of that three and a half inch floppy. And uh, fun fact is that those things had like a, a little plastic tab in the top right corner. And if you covered it with tape, you could just copy the disc. It was like a physical way to stop people from copying discs, and you could just circumvent it that quickly. You could also do it very easily with VHS tapes. There was a little plastic tab that if you bought a blank tape so you could record your own shit, it would be have a little piece of plastic on it. And if you bought a movie or got it from the video store or whatever, there would be, that plastic tab would be gone. It'd be empty. And that was their way to stop pirates. So the fun thing is you could just put tape on it and then copy it. It's pretty great. So that's always fun. Uh, I do remember, too, uh, this made-up person who I don't know. Uh, their parents, at one point, was were sick of renting the same movies over and over. So the patriarch of the family bought a dual-head VHS recorder. And this made-up person didn't have to worry about uh, copyright or coding or any kind of physical thing. It would just automatically copy them. It didn't matter any of that shit. It just automatically did it. And that made a person probably had a great time in their youth just copying VHS tapes. So then we get to DVD, and DVDs have encoding. Uh, PlayStation 1s have encoding at this point. 
Uh, PlayStation 2 was really the first DVD console, so we might even wait to that. But CDs in general had a DRM, a way to stop uh, the, the unauthorized copying of it, but most of those were software, and they were easily or soon bypassed. Uh, another fun fact, too, well, not fact, but another fun aspect of video game piracy is that uh, essentially anyone can, there, there have been games in the past where anyone can download it, there still are today, where anyone can download the game, and then you go to fire it up, and then it asks for a, a key. Uh, there, in the early days, these were like MD5 hashes, which were easily cracked, or they were, uh, people picked out and understood the pattern, so they just created key generators, and you could just generate whatever key you wanted, and then install the program, and it was very easy to crack. So, what are, what are we talking about? Are we talking about the history? Yeah. So, what about the moral aspects of this? I, I've, at this day and age, uh, I'm, I'm an adult, and I pay for my games, I pay for them because I want the money to go to the developer. That is the transaction. Uh, I give you money. You give me a game. Now, if you're going to do shady shit, like one day make my game unusable, then we're going to have a problem because that original transaction should be refunded if my game is no longer usable. I, I feel like not enough people are pushing this. And this uh, this does uh, any game that like uh, I, I talked about it in a, in uh, another minisode, which if I'm being honest, I don't know if it aired yet, but I talked about games from 2012, 2013, which had multiplayer just kind of like shoehorned in there, and there was no reason to have multiplayer in some of these games. But every game, every first person or even third person shooter, absolutely had to have that, and. The fun, the, the weird thing is, they would like they they'd market that and say you can go play multiplayer. There's 20 multiplayer modes or whatever, but now those games are dead. No one's playing the multiplayer. The servers are offline. So why don't I get part of my purchase back? Because that's what I paid for. Apparently, no one's asking that question. Anyway, uh, so in, on the other side, video game companies will absolutely come after people who pirate their game. Uh, I I think that there are moral aspects to this argument that are justified uh a couple of the justifications uh first off roms uh roms i i feel personally and this made up person also feels the same way that roms are more of a video game historian aspect they are trying to and roms and emulate oh, roms are the t the games that you can download emulators emulate the system that they're being played on so for games like nintendo games or snes genesis all the way up to i think there's ps3 emulators right now they are they exist to run the software exactly as close to authentically as humanly possible as the original delivery of those systems so there's not graphical upgrades there's not any kind of like frame smoothing or any kind of like frame rate improvements any kind of technology like that the point is to preserve and i'm fine with that honestly i i think that that's a way that people are basically curating the experience and the history of video games and i think that's great now the difference might be if you if you somehow tomorrow come up with a PlayStation 5 emulator and start giving it away for free and people are downloading $70 games for free, then there's a problem, sure. But for the old 
old NES, Genesis, SNES, that generation, at ColecoVision, any of that bullshit, let them fucking have it. Like, you're not selling those games for any money. Nintendo would argue that they are, because they sell Nintendo games for like five bucks a piece, which is a fucking steal. But if you get, I guess if you want them, go for it. Uh, there, there's also uh, part of the moral aspect. I think that's okay. I think ROMs are okay if you're if you're going in it as a way to preserve video game history. I think that's fine. Uh, the other part is that if a game is no longer available in any way, or I would even postulate, and I think my friend that's made up would agree with me that. I think that if a game comes out in a certain region and you want to play it and it's not available in your region, then yeah, you should be able to get your hands on it. Now, part of the piracy thing about this is uh, region lock and buying a console from another region so you can play those games. It uh, It's not as much a thing now. I think people have finally moved on from region locking. But at one point, there'd be games released in like region two, and that was Europe, and region three was uh, Japan, I think. Region 1 was North America. I think that's how it went. I could be wrong. Not the point. The point is, different regions, physical, geographical regions, would have different standards for how they're, and different encoding of how their games would play. So if you wanted to play a Region 2 video game, you had to have a Region 2 console. And that's just how it was. So people would have these games released in Japan they really wanted to play in America, and there's literally no way to do it. So they would go on some ha- website that's maybe shady, maybe is legit, I don't know, and they'd buy a, you know, a Japanese console. It's the same thing, and it's probably at a markup, but technically they're not allowed to do that. And then they'd buy the Japanese games and play them like crazy. The only other option would be to illegally obtain them, which I guess they also could as well. And honestly, if you, that's free game at that point. If, you're, if you have a game in Region 1 and you refuse to release it to the rest of the world... And you you can't get mad when they when people hack it or sell it or try to download it and get it on there. Now, the the this sounds great, right? This whole piracy aspect. This sounds amazing. You can go and get games for free. Who doesn't want games for free? That's fantastic. But there are I I know I make it sound so cool with my made up friend and all, but the problem with it is that it's a headache. And you need to understand it's a headache. For example, uh, this friend, maybe in their past, at one point would download games, PC games. They'd try to play them, and it wouldn't work because they didn't have a key. So they'd go looking for a key gen, and this made-up person would get a billion computer viruses. Because, you know, websites with key gens and cracks, you know what? Not surprisingly, a haven for hackers. So your system would be compromised almost immediately unless you took all the proper precautions, which most people probably were not doing. That's fun. The other uh, thing is uh, if, if you can't get the software to play on like a PC game and you can't find a good crack, then you're just at the point where you got to buy it anyway. So is it worth it? Is it worth the hassle? Maybe if you have absolutely no money, maybe it is to you. Most people, it's not. That's why... And I'll bring it back to Steam in a second here. But it there's other aspects to this as well. Like, say you wanted to modify a... play Back in the PlayStation 1 days, you had a PlayStation 1. You actually had to buy... Uh, there, was, there was a couple ways to pirate it that I was told about that I never engaged in. One of them, if you had certain models of the PlayStation 1, they had a back... Like a port, like a serial port on the back. 
and you'd use that for the Game Shark, their Game Genie version, a way to put in codes and cheat at games. You, there's a port, and that's what they utilize, but you could actually get a hacking thing that you put in there, and you'd automatically be able to play burned games. Uh, burned as in a CD copy of a game. There was also a spring attachment. I, rem- I, I don't remember this because I never touched it, but I remember hearing about where there's a little... Uh, it, it's kind of like an arrow pointing down. It's a, it's protruding from the top part of the lid that popped up. And that basically, when you close the lid, it pressed into a little button in the system. And that button would uh, basically say the, 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 disc is, the disc tray is closed and you could spin. If it were to open, the spinning would stop because it could, I guess, hurt people maybe. I don't know. Or ruin the system, whatever. But... From what I hear, you could put a spring in between those so it would act as if it was always closed. And then when the game uh, hit the PlayStation screen, you could remove the game, put in your burned one, the burned one would start. Uh, That's something I heard about doing. I never touched that, obviously, because like I said, that's illegal. And I certainly didn't rent a bunch of games from a video store, uh, go home with being one of the first families in the block that had a CD burner, and then burning the shit out of a bunch of video games, then having hundreds of video games, most of which I never fucking played. Which, I never would have done that. That's illegal, and it's wrong, and I did not do that. The other thing I want to talk about, too, is when you get to that point, what I've heard, because I have no idea, and some people are getting to this now on Steam with their sales, is that, I will get to Steam, trust me, This it plays a part in this. When you have access to 200, let's say 200 games, and they're all free, you're going to put them in your library, or you're going to download them, and... You probably won't play most of them. I, I would be shocked if people played over 50% of those games. Shocked. Uh, you just get it because it's free and figure, ah, who cares, it's free. Maybe I'll play it. Uh, that's why I feel like a lot of the piracy statistics are completely overblown. Because if a game's free, you're willing to take it. Versus if I have to pay anything, I won't do it. Like, uh, for example, I don't know if anyone's ever been to a convention... But they have swag everywhere for the different companies that are promoting whatever. And you look at it and you're like, a lighter. Ooh, I have 700 lighters. I don't need a new lighter, but you know, this one's free. And you take it. And so on to other fucking fidget spinners or whatever bullshit they're putting out there these days. You take it because it's free. Maybe you'll throw it out by the time you get to the hotel room. Who knows? But the point is, if it's free, you grab it. You just do. So why would you take every single download as money out of the developer's pockets when most of the people would never have done that anyway? And no, those people aren't paying customers. Maybe one in five is, one in ten is. It, it's hard to say. Uh, now, I talked a lot about Steam. Well, not a lot about Steam, but I mentioned Steam a couple times here. And uh, it, there's no secret that at in the early, I wouldn't even say the early days of PC gaming, but maybe around like 98 to like 2006, piracy is a big deal and it was a big problem. People would download and play games. Key gens were pretty solid. Cracks were always out there. There were sites that specialized in this. It was easy to find a game, get it, torrent it, have it, get a key gen, be playing it. And... That was a big problem for PC. PC games were pirated at a rate way higher than consoles. I have no data in front of me to back that up, but I swear that's probably right. So what happened? Why? What got around this? And I believe that Steam. Steam was the answer. Steam is like Spotify. 
They make the content so cheap and so affordable and so ready at your hands that it's not worth it to pirate it because pirating takes work. Uh, for example, they always have the Steam Summer Sales or all kinds of sales of Steam. I don't PC game, so I don't know much about it. I just hear about them. Uh, they all, they have like pay, pay as much as you want bundles where they'll just give you five games and you can give whatever money you feel like. Uh, they they have massive sales all the time on the Steam store. Uh, people complain about losing all their money because they buy so many $5 games or stuff like that. And that's the point. The point is, if you wait long enough, it's eventually going to be pretty darn cheap on Steam. So play those couple games you did pay a premium price for. Uh, that did a lot to kill piracy. And uh, the same thing, too, is with streaming services like Spotify. Uh, music industry was in a really bad spot. Uh, they were losing a lot of money to record sales when you had the days of like Napster or uh, LimeWire or any of those uh, blasts from the past. iMesh, I remember, was one of them. No, I don't remember any of these. I never downloaded anything illegally. I just remember hearing about it. I think it's important uh, at the end of this that we all come away knowing that Papa Scotch didn't do any crimes at all. Certainly not. That's the most important thing you could take. But Spotify, for example... Uh, why would someone go through the t trouble of finding an album, downloading it illegally, having it, having to store it, having to put it on an MP3 player or a phone by now, when you could just go to Spotify and stream almost whatever you want at any time with an internet connection or a data connection, which your phone already has? It's made it so easy, and ten bucks a month or twelve bucks or whatever it is, I don't even know. It's so affordable that it's worth it. I mean. I use Spotify. I don't know if it's every day, but it's certainly close. I've got uh, at ten bucks a month, or I don't even. I think it's ten bucks a month. I think I have the premium. Whatever. Even if it's fifteen bucks a month, I guarantee you, I listen to it for at least fifteen hours a month, easily. I'd say way over that. But even you got to think about that as as a uh, investment in your entertainment. Like if you go to a movie in the theater, uh, these days you're spending. Let's say you get a deal and you're spending ten bucks, right? You spend 10 bucks for two hours of entertainment and you got to spend money on food and all this stuff. You could easily end up spending between like you easily, easily spend 20 bucks for two hours of entertainment easily 10 bucks an hour, even up to 30 places like the Alamo draft house, which I love and can't fucking wait till we get back to, uh, they serve you food and dinner. I mean, I've gone to the movies by myself, at the Alamo draft house. And after the ticket and the food I ate, it's a $56 night. Easy. Uh, it, it, it's a great business model because they get all that extra money they would have not gotten. But think about that. That's two hours. That's 25 bucks an hour. Now, I like doing it, and it's great, and I don't mind spending the money. But let's just say, uh, for argument's sake, that's the model. Think about a video game. Think about a $60 video game. That's kind of the way I see it. If I can get that buck an hour, I definitely got my money's worth out of it. I paid 100 bucks for Fallout 4 because I got the thing with all the DLC, and I just looked at that the other day, and I played it for 280 hours. Yeah, man, 50 cents an hour, I'd say I got my money out of it. That's kind of the way I look at it. And uh, if I were to say, not that I would ever pirate, but if I were to pirate games right now, I'd have to look at what that would take. I'd have to get a PC that's pretty robust, so that right there could easily be $1,000 dropped on a solid PC. Even if you don't get those fancy new video cards y'all talking about. Uh and then I'd have to figure out how to download the game, because I've never downloaded anything illegally. I'm pretty sure there are tutorials and stuff. 
But even then, it's a you know, let's say a ten hour investment to figure it out. Then from there, you got to figure out how to get these cracks or key gens everyone talks about. Let's say another ten hours, and then by then you're just starting the game, and maybe there's always on, always online stuff that's just going to render the game useless, and you have to play like one hour at a time, or if disconnect your computer from the internet, or some other bullshit that might happen. I don't know. I'm just speculating because I've never done any of this, and or you could do all that. Spend the $1,000, spend the, I don't know, 40 hours of your time getting to the point where you can play the game. Or you can just buy it for 60 bucks and save all that time and money uh, and get another a solid return on investment. Uh, so to bring this home, to talk about all this, uh, again, you shouldn't pirate games. Uh, the only time you should ever pirate game a game is if it's the only option to play it. Uh Maybe with games, uh, it's interesting now because there are games that always need to be online. There are games that are multiplayer only online right now. There are games that may not work in 10 years, and then you'll be like, well, what did I spend this money for? That's a, that's a gray area, and maybe those will be worth pirating someday. I don't know. Maybe. I don't do it, like I said. Like I said, the most important thing you can get out of this episode is that Papa Scotch never committed any crimes and wouldn't pirate. So, again, to bring it all home, uh, I think piracy stats are way inflated because people wouldn't play a game. Just because someone downloads it doesn't mean they're ever going to play it or ever had any intention of playing it. They just downloaded it. That doesn't mean anything, and you can't take those as solid numbers. Uh, I I think that piracy, yeah, there are people who pirate. There's a lot of them out there. But for the most part, people are... Buying the game. For the most part, the game industry is expanding. There's always going to be in any industry a knockoff version of it in which technically you will lose money, but your job is to be the best possible version of that product. And if you falter, if you fail, no one's going to buy it. And if no one's going to buy it, certainly no one's going to pirate it. So that that's where I'll end this one. Uh, you know, Bring your product up to standard. Don't pirate games. If you want to send us an email on your thoughts, feelings about video game piracy, send that to plottytime at gmail.com. We have a 100% response rate. We're guaranteed to respond, uh, at least for now. Uh, then, if you want to get to us faster, on the socials, at plottytime on Instagram and Twitter. And, you know, if you maybe, I don't know, uh, want to see our logo while you listen to it, head on over to YouTube. Like and subscribe there. It really helps us out. That'll do it for me and my stupid rambling of, uh, I guess that just ended up with Don't Pirate. Whatever. Talk to you later. Peace.